It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. Coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Calagero, and it's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're listening, whenever you're watching, I hope you're doing okay. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria, and Italian restaurant located on beautiful St. Simon's Island in Georgia. Check out the website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com, or give my man a call. 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I go all the way to St. Simon's for an authentic Italian meal. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by Holiday Inn Properties. That's right, if you're looking to travel any place uh, in the U.S. of A., make sure you stay at a Holiday Inn property. Why? Because I can get you a Billy C. discount. That's right. All you got to do is uh, call toll-free 844-603-0364. That's 844-603-0364, and you'll get a Billy C. discount. Or if you're like me and you can't remember phone numbers, just click on the Holiday Inn uh, banner, which is located up on the BillyCBoxing.com website. And today's show is being brought to us in part by my book, Tom Molino, From Bondage to Baddest Man on a Planet, is available right now where all good books are sold. And you can get a copy of this book right now while you're watching or listening to this show. All you got to do is go to barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. You want a signed copy? I can make it happen. Just visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the book. That's all you got to do. Click on the book. Hey, you want more than one copy? I love when I get requests for more than one copy. Just drop me an email, Billy at Talkin' Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. Um, coming up a little bit later, uh, we got kind of a breakdown of how ESPN and their new network is going to work. Um you know, the streaming deal, uh, but but they are specific with some boxing. Uh, I, I have, you know, the uh, pleasure and luxury of uh, knowing uh, all three of the guys that were formed Big Fights Incorporated. Unfortunately, uh, only Steve Lott uh, is left. And that was the tape, the archive uh, of all the boxing tape and, sh- and uh, videos that were available that were purchased by ESPN uh, several years ago for some outrageous amount of money, $80 million or something like that. Well, those fights apparently are going to be available 
through this new service. So we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, I got some updates on Triple G. We got some emails to read. Um, uh, but my, oh, I, I got our trivia question, uh, which uh, I'm wondering if uh, uh, you guys uh, won anything. Do we have a winner with the trivia question? We'll get to that later. Um, I'm going to talk more about us going to England. We really want to do it. We're, we're looking for, since all of this, the analytics point to our fan base over on the other side of the pond, uh, I'm going to throw it in your hands. All the people from the U.K., get us over there, man. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, but first, uh, I want to uh, uh, talk about uh, one of my main topics today. We actually touched on it yesterday, and I honestly did not think that we were going to even talk about it again today. But, uh, but here we go. Floyd Mayweather. In the cage, fighting an MMA fight um, with Conor McGregor. I mean, yesterday we were giving Floyd accolades for doing it. You know, however, there's some rules. And this was one of the issues that we had yesterday. And why I feel that Floyd Mayweather scams his best fans The fans that lay out their hard-earned cash to watch Floyd have been being scammed by Floyd for a long time, and this is no different. Um, Talk about modified rules. Yesterday, we were giving uh, Floyd all kinds of credit if he would step in the MMA cage, win, lose, or draw, and fight Conor McGregor, of all people. He picks a, a top guy. I mean, that is what great fighters do, right? I mean, we talk about Sugar Ray Leonard reaching out to Marvin Hagler. We talk about Roy Jones Jr. Jr. reaching out and fighting and beating John Ruiz. Sugar Ray Robinson fighting Joey Maxim. You know, all great fighters do great things, right? Well, Floyd Mayweather fighting in an MMA cage would be a great feat, right? Joining me right now to get his thoughts, Sal Rocky Senecola. I mean, Sal, it would be great, right? Oh, it'd be great, I'll tell you what, and, and it would disprove any suggestion that you ever said about Floyd not being courageous enough to get in a ring and have an even playing field or some, some of the odds stacked against him. And I would love to see him challenge himself because Floyd, Floyd, Floyd could fight. Yeah, well, <laughs> um, how about this? How about it's been, about it, how about, how about it's been released? that Floyd uh, will fight Conor McGregor in the octagon. Um, they were ready, according to multiple reports, were ready to announce it. That's why Conor McGregor was in, the New- in New York City uh, when he attacked the bus, um, uh, you know, uh, last Thursday. Um, but there were some stipulations. How about this, Sal? Floyd says he'll fight McGregor in an MMA fight. But there can't be any takedowns, no elbows, no knees, and clinches will be allowed. What's your thoughts, man? What's your thoughts about your boy Floyd now? Well, I'll tell you what. I, I'd be a little disappointed there. And you, you know, like we, you suggested, you know, Floyd always tries to turn the tables or leverage it in his favor. And if you are going to step into the octagon or into the MMA world, well, you know, that's the rules and regulations uh, predicated on the sport of MMA. You should not try to alter them to your liking or to your needs uh, because, you know, hey, 
Conor McGregor didn't didn't have to alter anything to step in the ring, and as a professional fighter, which I don't agree he should have been allowed to. But anyway, aside from that, uh, we uh, we uh, when I say allowed, allowed to fight fight Floyd in his pro debut. Uh, but yeah, I think Floyd Floyd's got to adhere to the rules and regulations of the MMA arena. Well, that's not what he wants. He wants to uh, uh, say he'll fight. He calls. The, uh, since when? Uh, you know what? It, it's like this. It's like all of a sudden playing on a football team, and one team is allowed to rush the quarterback, and the other team's not. Uh, sorry, uh, you guys can't rush the quarterback. Uh, that's how. That's the only way we're going to play you. The only way we're going to play today's game is if we get to rush the quarterback and you don't. Or like in baseball, uh, the only way we're going to play the ball game today, uh, your pitchers aren't allowed to throw fastballs. They can throw anything else, but no fat. We're allowed. We're allowed to throw fastballs, but you're not. I mean, that's what's happening. You know, here it is, a guy that's ready to do all these things that, that label someone great thinking outside the box, doing something that um, is, uh, uh, you know, not common. But he's got to alter it. I mean, yeah, he's going to use four-ounce gloves and he's going to get in there with no shoes. But you're not allowed to take him down. You're not allowed to. Basically, they're boxing with no shoes and four-ounce gloves in, a, in an octagon. That's it. Why don't they just do that in the ring, Sal? Well, sure. Why not? Hey, you know, no. Rules and regulations in sports and the differences between the sports are what make each sport unique. And, you know, you're not supposed to have a modification of these rules and regulations. Otherwise, you're coming up with a whole evolvement of, of, a, of a new sport or hybrid. And, you know, we, we're not looking for that. So if you're going to adhere to the rules and regulations of boxing, you fight in a ring as a boxer. If you're going to adhere to the rules of MMA, then you fight in the ring in the arena of an MMA. And, uh, you know, you shouldn't have to alter them. Those are the things that are said. Yeah, well, you know, to me, let, let me ask you this. Tell if me. Floyd gets in the ring with Conor, and, and, and listen, it's a big if, but if he does get in uh, the ring with Conor McGregor and Conor McGregor is not allowed to take him down, not allowed to use knees, elbows, you know, all, all things that you're allowed to do in, in normal MMA combat, and Floyd wins. How much credit do we give him? Well, I mean, the the rules are are and regulations are all altered to his favor. I, I mean, how much could we give him? I mean, he's gonna. If it was a boxing match, uh, Floyd would beat him a hundred out of a hundred times. And there's no ifs, ands, and buts. I think Floyd carried him to the eighth, ninth round last time, uh, just to make it exciting. Conor McGregor's not a boxer. And uh, it, it, he proved that to be true uh, the night he went in against Floyd. Uh, and he threw through powder puff punches. He couldn't extend his punches. And, and you know, he was he was just uh, he was out of breath by the third round. Uh, I'm not saying he couldn't train, uh, but uh, no. So why should Floyd have to alter MMA rules and uh, not expect the same results happening when Floyd steps into Conor McGregor's world? I would think the opposite or the same same would hold true that. Floyd will be out of his element, and uh, Connor will be all over him. How's he out of his element if he modifies the rules? Well, and, not if he and, modifies. And, if no, he, no, no. I, but that wasn't what I asked you. I yeah. said if Floyd goes into the uh, into an MMA cage and fights whoever. I, I mean, obviously he's going for the money, so Conor McGregor yeah. is the name. And and if he fights Conor McGregor, 
and he, and he has all these modified rules like they're suggesting. Four-ounce gloves, no shoes. You're not allowed to throw elbows, no knees. You can't bring anybody to the ground. Um, uh, and he wins because basically what's left is boxing, is, is a stand-up game. And he wins. Does he get credit for that? That's my question. I'm sure he'll get credit for it. but By you? Again. I'm asking you. Are you going to give him credit, Sal? No, no. I'm okay, not. Okay, that's I'm all I wanted to know. That's all, that's all you had to say. Well, I, I mean, I, I asked it. I mean, I, you know, I asked it in, in, in how many different ways, and you, you're trying to answer it without answering it, you know? All right, I mean, I'm yes, no, there I'm are going to be some this, people who give the man sport. credit, okay? There are going to be some people who give him credit. But I was asking you, would you give him? Because I certainly wouldn't. I would be no. more impressed if he lost but played by the MMA rules. I would give Floyd, me personally, I would give Floyd more respect and accolades for trying than to alter the rules. That's my point. Yes, Bill, I would agree with you there because, uh, you know, you can't, cannot alter the rules to, to have it in your favor. Uh, rules are the rules in each sport. And, you know, you can't modify for boxing, you can't modify for, for MMA. So, yes, I would only respect that fight if it took place predicated on the MMA rules. Exactly. Not altering. That's exactly. It. Thank you. So so why does why does this guy get the chance to do all the modifications that he does? And he did it in boxing too. He called all the shots, uh, you know, his place, his gloves, blah, blah, blah. Um, why does this guy get away with it? I don't understand. You know, and, and why do fans support it? Why do they think that it's okay? I mean, is there is there a deeper reason why some of his fans uh, think and put him on a pedestal? I mean, this is a guy that is clearly, it's like, like I said, it's like playing a football team and, and one team's allowed to rush the quarterback and the other one's not. Or, or baseball, like I used a fastball. Or playing Monopoly. You get you get to start with $200 and, and you know, uh, I get to start with 1000 You know, I mean, it's just... Boardwalk he, and Park he, Place. Yeah, I get, to start, <laughs> I get to start with Boardwalk and Park Place with hotels on them, you know. But, but, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is how... I mean, where's the... How can it be justified? I just want to understand how people could justify it. Is it deeper? Is it, is it racial? You think it's racial? No, I don't think it's racial. No, I think it's just it's just trying to conform or, or readjust and tweak rules based on what he feels he can accomplish and look good doing. And that's that's as simple as it could be, because the bottom line is it's it's a whole nother world for him if he was to step into MMA. And, you know, I give him credit for at least trying to modify it. But no, it should not be allowed. It should not happen. And if he's going to step into the world of MMA, then he should do so with the rules in place and, and and everything predicated on the MMA world. That's it. You should not have to worry about altering it to your personal needs or what you think is fair and unfair. If you're willing to throw your hat into the ring, you do so. And you conform and you uh, follow the rules and regulations. You know, I, I could see, I could give them a pass by making the rules slightly different when conor mcgregor climbed into the squared circle to fight him although i didn't agree with the uh, approval of a pro debut fighting a, a future hall of famer with a 49 and 0 record although i i was against that at least floyd at that you know in that sport his sport so to speak had the right to lay the ground rules out i, I give him that i'm not I, i'm not supportive of it but i but i give him that 
I mean, but, what do you mean? Not, but it's not altering. He didn't alter the game of boxing, the sport of boxing. He didn't alter any of the uh, uh, ten count or anything else. He he, the rules were still in place. Well, he he, he did he, he did make some altercations. Number he made one, some altercations. He did oh, maybe of, of, of gloves or this. Exactly. That, he did, he he changed he changed the glove size, which people thought was a big concession, which it wasn't, because he always fights with the 8-ounce gloves, but technically they were fighting in a bigger weight class. They should have been using 10-ounce. Um, he made some stipulations in the contracts that if, by mistake, Conor McGregor elbowed him or did something illegal, he gets no money. So, so listen, I'm going to give him a pass on that. But when he steps over into another sport, how does he even have the you-know-whats to suggest that they play by a different set of rules. And then if he should win, pound his chest and say, I made the crossover, I, I won, you know, I beat one of the top guys in MMA. That's what he's going to try to do. And I, I, I don't think it's fair to all the other fighters in, in both sports, as a matter of fact, that, that he gets away with it. That's all I'm saying. I just want an even playing field. If you're yes. the best in anything you do, be the best with an even playing field. It's just, hey, listen, we crucified, 100%. we crucified Canelo for cheating. We right. we we called him out for cheating, even though we both like Canelo. We called him out for cheating, and 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 you know he ends up walking away from the fight. He had to. Okay, why isn't Floyd the same? What? Why does he get the pass? Well, I, I don't know, and and you know what, Bill, we are just looking at what is based and giving us news in the media. This has not come to fruition yet. We don't see any alterations of any rules and regulations. It's just spewing. It's just rhetoric right now. It's just getting us to talk about it. So it's creating the news, not reporting it. It's creating the news. So that's what we're doing. That's what everyone else is going to be doing. And if that's one of the tactics, hey, well, guess what? Then why not? Then that's an advertisement for him. And uh, maybe the growing anticipation will provide some some good ticket sales. But right now, no, there should no not be any alterations or altercations as far as any of the uh, the uh, rules change for MMA. No, and and listen again, more power to them uh, for for the money that they can generate and everything else. But do it and prove that you're even competitive by the proper rules. And like I said, Sal, and I mean this wholeheartedly. I would give that man more credit than I've ever given him in my life if he stepped into a, 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 a octagon and fought under MMA rules, whether he won or lost. If he won, my God, yeah. I, I would he would be my new hero. If he lost, you know why it would be so important if he won, Sal? If he won and he was able to do it under MMA rules, it would be a shot in the arm for the boxing world. You know, a oh, yeah. boxer coming over, 40 years old, never fought in an MMA, and beats one of the top guys. That's a shot in the arm for the sport of boxing. He deserves to be put on a pedestal. But if you alter the rules, it's not the same. It just isn't. I don't understand why people would accept it and actually make it seem like he accomplished, uh, you know, doing that when the rules are altered. I just don't get it. I, I know what you're saying, Bill, and I, I tend to agree with you there. And uh, all I could say is Floyd better start working on his ground game. Well, he, he doesn't have, have to. Some judo, judo hey, and wrestling. That's he, what he should be working on. Like Fred hey, Flintstone. Bottom line is too. Like Fred, remember, 
Like Fred Flintstone used to say, a judo, a chop, chop, chop. You, know? <laughs> you remember that? Yeah, yeah, of course that. I do. Hey, listen. Was, was he the one with the great kazoo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was later on. But listen, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll finish up on this because I, I, I really don't want to talk too much about him. You know. You know how I feel. We'll be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could join us. And uh, before we went to break, we were just wrapping up with the uh, latest news on the potential uh, Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor rematch, but this time in a cage uh, under asterisk MMA rules, which just it bothers me that, you know, Floyd is demanding um, – no takedowns, no elbows, no knees, and you're allowed to clinch and hold for longer than you normally are. Um, it just, uh, it's, 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 it's a bad signal. And I just wonder, you know, you know, here's an interesting question for you, Sal. The last time that these two guys fought under boxing rules, under Floyd's boxing rules, not, not uh, Marcus to Queensbury rules, under Floyd Mayweather's boxing rules. Oh, um boy. And you and I witnessed, we watched the fight uh, live, and we had a, a lot of fans. One thing I noticed was that it seemed like the majority of the fans that were into this fight, that thought it was going to be, you know, competitive, were the MMA fans. I mean, we, we both saw that, right? Um, yeah. My question to you is, how do you feel that the MMA fans that supported this fight the first time would look at it this way and this time with these rules modified. Do you think that they would still buy it? I mean, you know, you would assume, I mean, these guys are demanding $100 million or more, but would the fans buy this scam? I think they would buy it out of curiosity, but also endearment. I mean, they're MMA fans. So having this fight, take place as it did in a boxing ring was enough to get them out to see the curiosity at the roof of their hero uh, to make that crossover and to, to come out as the victor. It didn't happen that way. And to suggest that Floyd Mayweather is going to be in an MMA, MMA arena does does give every one of uh, Conor McGregor's fans or MMA fans a reason to believe that that uh, Connor or whoever may may fight will come up and 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 be victorious, and uh, you know if it's on the up, but if it's predicated on like you're suggesting, uh, Floyd Mayweather's rules, I think they'll still show up and they'll still want to see the fight because they're going to be looking for any uh, way that Connor McGregor can uh, make an even score. And uh, I just don't know with the rules as they stand. Uh, I would not think that Floyd would do a, do or be as successful unless he was to modify the rules. I mean, he can get out there and just, just hit him with a couple good shots right off the bat. Uh, like I said, I suggested that maybe Floyd carried Connor in the boxing ring uh, a little bit 
just to just to put on a show. I think he was in full control. I think as Floyd traditionally does, he likes to assess and give away a round or two just to see what he's in with, and then he plans his his strategy for the rest of the fight. And I think he did just that with with uh, Connor. And I think now if he went in an MMA ring. I mean, he could probably just go right up to Conor McGregor and either box him, slip a couple punches, stay away from his legs, stay away from the ground game, and probably catch him right off the bat with a couple good shots. He doesn't have know. But he, he win. but he doesn't have to stay away. He's going to make it rules that you're not allowed to do the ground game. Uh, you see, Sal, you know, the, the, I know. again, I, once I, again, my question was, do you think that the MMA fans will still buy it? Um, yes, and, yes. And you said yes. yes. Now, now the question yes. is, will the boxing fans buy it? Um, yeah, I, I think the majority, him. I think the majority of the people that bought it were the MMA fans, truthfully, because every boxing fan that I spoke with felt that it wasn't going to be competitive. And I agree with you that fight Floyd Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather could have taken Conor McGregor out at any point of the boxing match. And that's why I personally would be interested in seeing Floyd fight Conor McGregor under MMA rules and see if Conor takes him out just as quickly. Um, but unfortunately for, you know, the boxing and MMA world, Floyd Mayweather plays by his own set of rules and the powers that be let him. And it makes me sick, makes me sick on a serious note about Floyd serious. Mayweather. Um, apparently, uh, uh, the other early morning, late night, whatever you want to do it, talk about it, uh, in Atlanta, uh, the guys, uh, Floyd's, uh, entourage because you know he's such a badass tough guy that he can't leave any place without you know uh 20 bodyguards around him you know and uh yeah everybody says oh how could he spend all his money that's how you spend all your money by paying all those guys to hang around with you and pretend they like you but uh but the truth of the matter is is it was reported by the atlanta police that one of his bodyguards was shot uh early monday late uh, uh sunday night uh, leaving a, a strip club, and they were on their way to the hotel, and apparently some cars uh, drove up to them and, and were shooting at them. Um, at the at this present time, the Atlanta police said that it doesn't seem to be a random drive-by shooting. It seems like it was planned. One of the bodyguards, uh, Gregory LaRosa, apparently was shot in the leg and then brought to a hospital, treated, and released. My question, Sal... And, and, you know, fortunately for me, I'm not uh, that familiar with, with drive-by shooting. Uh, you know, I mean, I've seen some bullets fly, but not drive-bys. Um, how does someone get shot in the leg when they're in a car? Does the bullet have to go through the door and hit the guy in the leg? I mean, is, is that what kind of bullet would it take to go through the door and, and go into your leg? I mean, I, I could see... You know, I don't want to sound morbid, but I could see somebody getting hit in the uh, upper upper torso area through a window, such and such. But in the leg, I mean, uh, what's your thoughts on that? You know, I, Bill, I, I'm completely in the dark about that kind of stuff. I mean, I uh, I would suggest that it, it, unless he had his leg hanging out the window uh, or up on the dashboard, which he may have. He probably uh, went through the door, then part of the door. Who knows? It's just it's just a, a sheet of metal and some, <clears throat> some vinyl and some cardboard or whatever it might be, a couple of sheets of metal. And they have these high-powered weapons that can, can go through that. Um, so, I, I like I said, he may have had his foot out the window. He may have had it on a dashboard. He may have, may have thought he was in a living room. 
uh, with his legs up. Who the heck knows? But the bottom line is, it's uh, it's a bad element to be around. And and uh, uh, you, like I always say, you put your fingers near the fire, you might get burned. Yeah, well, or or shot, right? <laughs> or shot, shot. Yeah, that that can also happen. Yeah, that's uh, that's a little bizarre. But uh, hey, I know bullets can penetrate a car, sure. Yeah, well, I guess uh, the way they build cars today, I don't know. But uh, anyway, he was released, so he's okay. Uh, so that's good. I guess they're going to continue to uh, look into that situation. Um, you know, I, you know, I can't see. You know, honestly, I, I mean, I know it's not a perfect world, but I can't see somebody. I, I know they lit his uh, one of his vans. He wasn't in it. Uh, TMT van in England. They they lit it on fire. Um, but but I can't see Floyd being hunted. I I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that the persona of Floyd, Floyd likes to, he, he wishes he was a gangster. That's what Floyd wishes. And that's why he surrounds himself with, with people to give that impression. Um, but I, I really don't think, do you think there's people out there that, would want to shoot him and kill him or hurt him? I mean, aside from women, because he beats up on women, do you do you think that there would be people that would really go to those extremes? I'm, I'm serious, because I, I I wouldn't think so. I mean, I dislike the guy, but I would never go through an extreme of, of hurting him or even doing anything to any of his property, and definitely not to anyone else in his family. I, I mean, I don't I, I don't understand. What do you think? No, I don't. I don't think so, Bill. I I, I think this is something that uh, I don't know if it could be explained, but uh, uh, no, I don't think anybody would ever want to try and do any bodily harm to Floyd. No way. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. But anyway, we're gonna take a short break. When I come back, we got some emails to read. We got an update on Triple G. All of that stuff. Uh, when uh, when we come back, Billy C will be right back. Now back to Talkin' Boxing with Billy C, the only radio host man enough to take a punch from Mike Tyson. Wait a minute, man. Hold, hold, hold on there. Jeremy, man, uh, I need you to take this one, all right? Wait, what? What? No way. I, I, I can't do this. Need I remind you I'm Billy C, damn it? Now put on that mustache and get in there. Hey, hey, look at me. I'm Billy C. <laughs> Crap. Undisputed heavyweight champion of boxing talk radio. It's talking boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And where? You're watching and listening to the Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, Sal, we got a couple of emails I want to get to before we uh, uh, get into some Triple G news. So the first one from your buddy Joel. He says, uh, "Hey Billy C, with all the big news about Conor McGregor's actions last week, what do you and Sal think he? What do you and Sal think will be his ultimate penalty?" Will he get the star treatment from the New York State Athletic Commission and avoid anything more than a massive fine? Do you think he will not face the New York State Athletic Commission at all and just have to go through the criminal court for all the lawsuits he will face from uh, all the parties he caused harm to? Uh, caused harm to? Um, I, first of all, I, I don't think that he would be subject to facing 
um, any uh, uh, anybody in the New York State Athletic Commission. I mean, he wasn't scheduled to fight, and, and although he's still technically licensed to fight in New York State because of the Mayweather fight, I think, that hasn't been a year. Um, th- has it been a year? No, no. Um, uh, August it will be. Okay, all right. So, so technically he still, uh, um, he still, you know, has uh, uh, a New York, uh, New York State license. But as far as the legal ramification, that's a whole nother ball game. He was handcuffed and arrested, so I'm thinking he's definitely going to have to go through the legal process. Uh, whether he can cut a deal or not, that's besides the point. What do you think? No, I think you're right. I think that's going to be definitely uh, something that's going to have to happen. Go through the legal process. I mean, I I, I really uh, you know was surprised. It looked like he was just attacking the bus or whatever, throwing something. I didn't uh, un provoked and uh, certainly not uh, not being concerned about what he was going what he was doing at the time so I'm sure there's going to be some legal ramifications penalties fines and records and all that stuff you mean from the legal system yeah from the legal system not the not the athletic commission he hey maybe he'll get a fine maybe he'll get something misconduct or something like that or but uh, no I, I think he's got more to worry about with the the legal system. Of course, of course. I mean, yes. uh, it's definitely uh, it's going to have to run its course. But uh, anyway, this uh, this one here is actually addressed to you. Oh, boy. Uh, it's uh, the subject is Floyd. Um, he says uh, this is from uh, Luke Thunder Breslin. He says, uh, "Hey Sal, right, on Luke. yesterday's show, you made some good points about Floyd, but there's one thing that you said, uh, but also a lot of his fans keep saying when it comes to his earnings." Yes, he's earned more in the ring than anybody else. Well, Oscar came close, but Floyd clearly has earned more. The thing is, when Floyd is earning big money, it's and when Floyd is earning big money in boxing, it's just Floyd. He's like a vacuum sucking up all the money just for himself and taking it away from the sport. I know it's early day. I know it's early days uh, yet, but we're starting to see an upturn. I'm convinced that AJ will earn more money than Floyd in his boxing career. And something I've noticed that we now have this new megastar in AJ, that money is starting to trickle downwards. I was reading an interview with an undercard boxer on AJ's last fight. He wasn't even on the televised broadcast, and he was saying that uh, he got paid double the amount of his last fight. Don't get me wrong. I understand this could be uh, a one-off, and he was fighting on AJ's card. But the flip side of it, as I have read an interview with one of the boxers over uh, here, Ashley Theophane. You know, by the way, I love Ashley Theophane. He was, uh, uh, I got to meet him. He fought over here uh, uh, many times. Sometimes he's not exciting, but a talented fighter. Anyway, he said, I was talking to Ashley Theophane, who uh, has boxed quite a two, few times on a Floyd Mayweather undercard, and he said he never really earned uh, much money. He says, I really think it comes down to it. History will show us that Floyd has earned more money at the moment in the sport of boxing, but I think AJ will show you how everyone can earn money in the sport of boxing. Um, what's your thoughts on the email, Sal? I think it's it's uh, well founded, and uh, you know, unfortunately, we 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 don't know how a course of one's career can go. Uh, like I said, you're only as good as your last fight, and includes marketing wise, and you know, uh, uh, as far as uh, if all goes as well for 
AJ and he stays injury free and and uh, away from harm and things like that and he he has a natural course of a couple good years in a ring. I mean, he's a stellar human being. He's a, he's a great champion and and he is in a heavyweight division. The heavyweight division has always, especially as a champion, has always demanded the big money that uh, people seem to be able to follow and 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 to to use. It wasn't until the mega superstars of, of the lighter weights that really uh, uh, caught on fire to give them the equally equalized purses uh, to fight for. But the heavyweight division has been the glorious division that has always uh, demanded much of the money. And I think AJ's on a great program and a great pathway to certainly uh, make uh, millions and millions of dollars. I'm not sure about hundreds and hundreds. Like I said, I think he has the potential, uh, but we never know what next year may bring, what tomorrow may bring. So I wish him the best. And right now, on face value, where all things stand to be, he's on a good course to make a lot of money that he'll never have to worry about. My, my, my first opinion of this email even though it was addressed to you um what what difference does it make if floyd's making money for floyd i mean since when and and everybody knows i'm not a big fan of floyd but but let's be real why does floyd have to share his wealth with other fighters it's it's my same outlook on why you have people that don't want to work when they're physically able and then expect the system to pay for them. It's the same theory here. You know, in this country, at least, we have the opportunity to um, better ourselves and, and make money. Why should we share that with someone who chooses not to? Now, now, when I, when I say this, there are people that need help. I'm not talking about those people. I'm not talking about people that genuinely no. need help, and I'm all for that. We need, to, we need to help our fellow human beings. But there are a lot of other people that take advantage of the system and cry that they need help. Oh, I, I can't afford I need this. I need that. And True. they're not willing to work. If they're willing True. to work and, and they still need help, well, so be it. Give them some help. Why should in that same thought process? Why should Floyd, who could demand all this money and get it, share it with other fighters? I, I don't understand the connection there. You know what I mean? No, I I, I might have mis misunderstood uh, the the contents of the email, but I'll tell you what. No, a fighter should get all he can get because he's never guaranteed tomorrow. And and besides, I mean, I I'm sure it's not the same standard contract for Floyd Mayweather but you take a thousand dollars a hundred thousand dollars a million dollars ten million dollars a hundred million dollars there's zeros but let's look at it in a form of of a hundred thousand dollars to make it easy math for everybody in the usual world of a traditional boxing arrangement with contracts trainers managers everything else that hundred thousand dollars is going to have 10% off the top to the trainer. That's 10,000. 33 and a third to the manager. That's already more than 40%. And you're going to have to pay for training camps. You're going to have to pay for food. You're going to have to pay for sparring partners. You're going to have to pay for travel expenses, everything else. And you're going to also have to pay the government up to 35, 45% of that left of, of the gross. You know, that you could use deduction that you gave 10% off air, this and that. But 
you're still going to be paying and you're going to be netting probably less than uh, $40,000, $30,000, but when all is said and done. Right. But again, uh, you know, uh, I'm just I, saying, I'm just saying. So I give every fighter, including Floyd, credit. If you have the fan base and you have the support structure to utilize and get uh, as much money as you can in your career as a fighter or, or, or working years of a career, hey, guess what? If you're a humanitarian and you can share and you could give to those that truly need it, that's fine. But I don't think a person should be forced to do so. Uh, I mean, I, hey, t you tithe the church, you do whatever you got to do, you give to the community. I'm all for that. I, I do that every day at my, my business. And the bottom line is, uh, you know, only good things can come back to you. But the bottom line, you know, you shouldn't be in a position to feel like, oh, well, you're uh, you're the Pied Piper and, and, and Johnny Appleseed and, and uh, uh, Robin Hood all in one. And let's uh, let's give it to everybody else that needs it. No, everybody else learns how, uh, should learn how to work and support themselves and be independent. And those that can't for whatever reason, the system's in place to help those people. Yeah, but you know the my point though, uh, once again, what was was that Floyd shouldn't have to make sure that fighters on his undercard when he fought. Obviously, he's retired now, but Floyd doesn't didn't didn't have to make sure that his fighters on the undercard got paid more than they normally would just because they're fighting on an undercard. I mean, if it's a substantial fight, yeah. You know, now as far as AJ, I don't think he has anything to to do with with the purse, uh, you know, paying fighters. It, it's all about the event, you know. If, if you're going to be in front of 80,000 people, I think that justifies getting extra money. I, I just don't think that a, a fighter that's making so much money should be required to share the wealth. I, I think no, that... No, no, right. no. I mean, you just said it right there, Bill. I'm sorry to interrupt, but no, I mean, hey, guess what? I, I, I made my initial pro debut uh, that ended in a no contest uh, on uh, on Alexis Arguello's undercard at the Sands Casino. Top rank, Bob Aaron promoted. I was on ESPN. And uh, uh, for what professional four-round fighters were being paid uh, at that time, uh, being uh, was a big show card, and I made my pro debut there. I got paid about five hundred dollars, which was a little bit more than the going rate of a starting pro debut uh, uh, four round fighter. So, you know, maybe because of the venue, maybe because of the 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 card itself being a big drawer, they were able to to increase a little bit more of the the, the money to the purses for the undercard. That's all I'm saying. But no, the fighter, the, the, the star, Alexis Aguayo wasn't supposed to give me some of his big purse for that. No way. Um, we got another email here. This one's uh, from my man Chase. And he says, uh, hey, Billy C., I got torn apart on a boxing site saying that a prime bow would take Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder. I'm not saying it would have been an easy fight. But uh, you and Sal are my Bible on the sport of boxing. What's your thoughts? Um, what's your thoughts, Sal? Would uh, well, would, Riddick would Riddick Bo, Bo beat? Fighter. Would he have, would I, he have beaten Deontay Wilder and AJ if they fought all in their primes? I've seen Riddick Bo in some good fights, and I've seen him in some some not so good performances. Uh, 
I'm not going to say which Riddick Bow shows up, but if they were both in their prime or all of fighters in their prime, you know, I, I don't think Anthony Joshua has yet to reach his prime. I don't believe that Deontay Wilder has yet to reach his prime. I think they are still evolving. I think they're still learning, still going. Uh, so I think uh, the best is yet to be seen, as I have suggested that in the past, Bill, about Deontay Wilder and about Anthony Joshua. So I think that Riddick Bowe was a very pr- good professional boxer. I think he could beat a lot of guys in any era uh, to be the best or to beat these guys. I, I think I'd have to uh, let our, our uh, magic boxing machine decide that one. Well, I tell you, um, you know, I, I for, per, first of all, I, I don't think that I, Deontay, Riddick Bowe was a solid fighter. Solid Riddick Bow. Riddick Bow had technically sound. it all. Right. He he uh, had uh, unbelievable hand speed for a man his size. First of all, people have to understand that Riddick Bow and Lennox Lewis, and I give Lennox Lewis more credit because he he was kind of there first in a way. But Lennox Lewis and Riddick Bow changed the complexion of the heavyweight division. It, 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 those big guys that were talented and and uh, athletic. Is what is why we see what we see today, so that I have to say first and foremost. But with that said, um, I hold, I still hold strong to my feelings about Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder. To me, Anthony Joshua, although I don't like to use it as an excuse because I'm very adamant about once you become a world champion, uh, you know, stop making excuses that you're getting better. But here comes the but. Uh, but I do believe that a, we have not seen the best Anthony Joshua yet yes. and that he's continuing to get better, uh, although his last two fights were not that great. Uh, I, I have said more than, than a few times that he, has a, he seems to have trouble fighting smaller guys, which has to be resolved because not, he's not always going to be able to fight you know, guys his, his, the same height and, uh, and size. With that said... He's technically sound. You know, I'd like to see him with a little better defense, but he's got defense, he's got footwork, he's got uh, hand speed, he's got punching power, he's got an arsenal of punches, he he can throw several different kinds. Um, He needs to tighten up uh, some ring savvy, like cutting off the ring, etc. When I look at uh, Deontay Wilder, uh, you know, listen, I'm, I say it all the time. He's a one-trick pony. That's it. He's got a power in his right hand. But so far, 40 fights. Uh, he's uh, okay with it, you know, or, or uh, you know, this is a guy that uh, his power has saved the day. It's it's his, uh, you know, superhero, his power. Uh, he, I don't think he's got any footwork. He did display a jab once, never saw it again, so obviously he still has it, I would think. Um, but he's a one-trick pony, in my opinion. Uh, that might carry him all the way to, to the record books. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. He's got a, a willing dance partner, Anthony Joshua. Now, when you talk about Riddick Bowe, Riddick Bowe, I think, uh, was uh, more along the lines of Anthony Joshua. Uh, the guy was uh, was big. He was strong. He was fast. Um, I think what happened with Riddick Bowe was, to, and, he, and he had a couple of good dance partners to, to fight. Uh, I think what happened with Riddick Bowe was, was poor management. Uh, Rock Newman was, was terrible. Uh, everybody says, oh, he, he, he gave up the belt. He ducked Lennox Lewis. 
it was a business decision why he threw the belt. He threw the belt in the garbage because they were trying to force him to do a mandatory that he wanted to make a money fight first. Um, you know, unfortunately, that's what happens. And then people referred to that as he ducked him. And then the fight never materialized. Uh, they just didn't want him at that point. But whatever. Who would have won? I don't know. Uh, Anthony Joshua and Deontay Wilder are still active. So with all due respect to both of those fighters, they could still improve. But if I had to make a decision right now, Sal, based on the, the body of works that all three fighters have, I'd lean towards Riddick Bowe. I think Riddick Bowe, uh, uh, as of now, you know, because we got to see Riddick's, Riddick Bowe's career, I think he did possess more uh, talent than, than both Deontay Wilder and, uh, and Anthony Joshua, as much as I love Joshua. Well, I I tend to agree with you there. I mean, Rick Riddick Bowe, we we had the opportunity to see him in his prime and all that he could do, and he had a multifaceted uh, way of fighting. And I think that he wasn't, you know, well, not just one dimensional. And and I think he could think on his feet. I I saw him uh, uh, utilize the ring to his advantage. Uh, he had a good arsenal, and and he did what he could do to win and be competitive on every time he went went out there in the ring so you know i think he he uh would fare very well against uh the anthony joshua's and the deontay wilders yeah and I, I think we should put some of those in the uh magic boxing machine and see what we come up with um, just for the heck of it as a side as a sideline yeah we could we could uh, you think? How do you think? How do you think the machine would? Uh, how do you think our magic boxing machine would go? I think uh, the way you and Alex could break it down and and present it, and to see the the machine. I, I think out of a hundred fights, you may see uh, Riddick Bowe uh, winning the majority. I, so, I I'd say that they they each have a. a a trade off, and there would be some significant uh, victories by both Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua, but I think Rig Bo may have had the majority out of 100 fights. So listen, so, you know, we have this uh, super chat in YouTube, which I love, and, and I really want to thank everyone for their support. And basically, you know, they they get a super chat, and I, I uh, you know, include what they're saying on air. But we also have a simulcast going on on Facebook. It's not our real television version with the camera angles and the quality, et cetera, et cetera. But a lot of people enjoy it. And I just want to give a shout out uh, to my man, Eric, because he just made a comment in there that is so true. He says, as I am a Floyd fan, I've been telling people stop buying uh, his pay-per-views. He makes his money from people who are looking uh, to see him lose. If you don't like the guy, I can't, I can hardly see it. If you don't like the guy, quit handing him money. And he says, after the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight, I'll never shell out money for another Mayweather event again. Uh, these are subpar pay-per-view events. They're HBO quality. Um, I couldn't agree with him more, Sal. I mean, uh, I, I, I mean, I you know, and, and the truth of the matter is, is uh, that's, I think, what, what he just said is what bothers me the most was is that people fall for it. You know, I, I remember, you know, laughing to myself, of course, um, to some of the people that were there watching the Pacquiao-Mayweather fight uh, at your facility. 
and how adamant they were and how they truly believed that Conor McGregor was going to win. I mean, the one kid was so depressed afterwards. I mean, I, you know, I, I wanted <laughs> no, to take his shoelaces me, away from him, you know. But, you. but, but I mean, uh, you know, the, the truth of the matter is, is that my man Eric has got it on the, on the no, hit it on the nose. Yeah. You know, if, if you can't stand Mayweather, which I know a lot of people don't, and I don't like him, and it's not fair because I don't like him for his antics outside the ring. And, and I'm admitting that, okay? But, but the truth is the truth. You don't like him. Don't buy his stuff. He's preying on people. That's why he he plays the villain, the bad guy, so well. Because people, they just can't stand him so much that they're willing to shell out money for the guy. You know, yeah. just to, in hopes that he's going to lose. What aggravates me is that he positions himself so he can't lose. He won't even take a risk if it's even close to being a loss. Why do you think he was labeled a cherry picker? Andre Berto? Come on, man. Conor McGregor? Come on, man. You know, I mean, yeah, it was a big money fight, but nobody knew, nobody thought really a boxing fan did not think that Conor McGregor had a shot. And and even Conor McGregor had us fooled for the first couple of rounds, landing punches and was saying to us, oh, he my never God. fooled me. Yeah, uh, is he going to, is he going to, is he going to connect? Is he going to connect? Never fooled me. You know, but. Uh, you know, for, for, you know, I'll, I'll tell you what, uh, you, you know, you know my staff pretty well, Billy. And uh, Justin pulled me aside weeks before the fight and said, Sal, what do you think is really going to happen? I said, Justin. Conor McGregor's not going to make it past the 10th round. I called it eight, but I said, no, this, this is a farce. It's not a fight. Uh, Floyd Mayweather is going to do whatever he wants to do, and uh, he's going to win this fight. And he goes, are you sure? I said, I'm sure. <laughs> I didn't know it. He bet my whole staff <laughs> pretty much their whole paycheck, and that's why my staff was walking around crying afterwards because <laughs> he cleaned up, and, uh, yeah, he did well. He did well. I didn't know he was going to bet my staff. Yeah, well, he kept he kept saying right, but you you had a lot of MMA guy. You had a lot of Conor McGregor well, fans. Well, we had well Georgia, especially here in Glen County. Uh, you know, MMA is very very big. Uh, it supersedes boxing fans uh, on that level, and of course with Fletzy here, uh, there there are a lot of young fighters or a lot of young. Uh, uh, people that work for the government here, and they're all in, involved with the MMA as fans, and, and some of them do actually participate. So MMA is big in the state of Georgia, at least in southeast Georgia where I am. Um, being a boxing purist, I, I, I still do prefer the squared circle and the fisticuffs um, predicated on the Marcus of Queensbury rules. Yeah, well, I... Uh... We got another email. Let's we we could stay. I'm sitting here. I got all all of this stuff. You know, I'm actually having fun Put with it. the with the yeah. uh, with the chats. You know, um, we we did have a little rocky road. The picture of Justin after the fight, he just put his thumbs up, <laughs> and like I was like, what what, what happened? <laughs> He says to me, when when uh, you know when when I was down there, he's going, hey, he takes me aside and he goes, hey, uh, 
you know, I, I got a lot of money on this fight. I said, oh, my God, what, what are you talking about? He says, well, all these guys are MMA fans. They're all betting me that, that Conor McGregor is going to win. He says, do you think, do you think I, I, I'm going to have to worry? I looked at him. I said, no. I said, you're going to clean up today, man. I said, Conor McGregor's not going to be Floyd. I go, it's not going to be close. You know, and, and during the fight, he's looking at me, winking and stuff like that. I'm like, oh, God, give me another scotch, you know, but uh, – Oh, anyway, man, we, we got another uh, email. This is from my main man, Mitch. And yes. uh, Mitch says, uh, uh, actually, let's uh, hold off on this. I got to take a short break. When we come back, I'll read Mitch's email. I got an update on, uh, let's see, Triple G. And we got some uh, discussion on this new ESPN Plus. So uh, don't go anywhere. We're going to be right back. Billy Z will be right back. Part of the Billy Z Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to talking Boxing with Billy C. He may not have an excellence in broadcasting award, but the night's still young. And he's got martinis. So you never know what may be by morning. by morning. It's Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're watching and listening to the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us. And uh, like I said before we went to break, we got one, one more email. This one's uh, from my man uh, Mitch. And it goes something like this. He says, uh, hey, Billy C., I like Lara's chances in a rematch, uh, also pending one thing in the negotiations, a larger ring so he can move better. That ring was tiny, and I bet Team Heard requested it. No doubt in my mind. Um, before I go on, first of all, uh, the ring size I don't think had anything to do with the fact that Lara was putting himself in a stationary position. I mean, th this was a guy that that was uh, fighting off the ropes. He chose to. He could have. He could have continued circling around. Uh, so yeah, I, you know, again, these kinds of of advantages or disadvantages, however you want to look at it, should not be deciding factors. I mean, you should trade off. You know, if if you're allowed to have, you know, if you're allowed to make a a, a concession or give up a concession and somebody else is allowed to make a, uh, a give up a concession you should all do it alternating you know I mean why should one side you know get it all now now keeping in mind that a rematch clause would have already had been written um, in these contracts because if they haven't been well then now Hurd gets all the choices because he's the champion I mean what do you think Sal I think uh, I think you're right I think Jared Hurd does have uh, all the concessions going in his favor, and and I, I hate to say to Mitch, but I, I think Jared Hurd will beat uh, uh, Sandri uh, Lara uh, in a rematch. I think he'll beat him a little more convincingly, and uh, that's my thought. I thought I think he might have his number. Uh, I don't know. I thought I thought that the fight was extremely close. I think that you know the classic youth versus age, and Hurd is just such a big guy. Uh, but you know he was being hit. Uh, the the problem oh, he was with, being hit. Well, the problem is Lara. The problem is is that Lara didn't continue 
the right game plan. I, yeah. I mean, if you're fighting a bigger guy, if you if you go out and you look, uh, okay, look look at two fight examples that are good uh, for this exact uh, uh, example. Uh, watch the two fights between um, Larry Holmes and Michael Spinks, and the fight between John Ruiz and uh, Roy Jones Jr. In both of those cases, in, in all three of those fights, the smaller guy won the fight. Now, you can make the argument about the uh, Spinks-Holmes uh, second fight, but, uh, but the truth of the matter is, is that the smaller guy was using um, their hand speed and, and agility to get in and get out, uh, similar to what I criticized Floyd Mayweather for fighting. But... You know, Floyd is usually fighting guys smaller than him or, or less talented than him. These cases were guys that were stepping up to a challenge and trying to steal a fight by winning on the scorecards, and both fighters did. Uh, Michael Spinks beat Larry Holmes, and, um, you know, uh, Roy Jones Jr. beat John Ruiz. So in that case, along with that thought process, you know, that's what Sandy Lara should have done. He should have maintained that. He came out the first couple of rounds, I mean, just tattooing uh, Jared Hurd. Now, did he run out of gas? Did, did Lara run out of gas? Was he fighting on the ropes because he was trying to conserve energy, trying to refuel his tank? I don't know. But, uh, but the truth of the matter is his only chance of beating a guy so much bigger than him and a guy that did not run out of gas in uh, Jared Hurd because he certainly did not. He was the no, same, same, same force from round one to round twelve. Um, Lara has to change his game plan. Uh, yes, oh, yeah. I, I do agree with with Mitch that a bigger ring would help be helpful. But he says Ronnie Shields and Lara probably figured it didn't matter because he was just too skilled for that kid. He was too skilled for that kid, except he didn't maintain the skill. Uh, he let uh, Jared Hurd run him down and, and, and corner him and tie him up and, you know, prevent him from doing what he wanted to do. He says, I think they will negotiate a bigger ring. Lara has a real chance then. He turns 35 this week, according to the American records. No telling how old he really is. We'll give this standard two to nine years added for Cuban boxers. Triple G turned 36 this week. Yeah, we talked about that. He says, same thing with the gal. His style of fighting and moving was handcuffed by Truax because each time you take two steps from one corner uh, of the small ring, you were in the other. Uh, I'm exaggerating, of course, but it forced Lara and DeGal into exchanges at certain points of the fight. Heard and Truax's uh, jobs were made a bit easier. With that said, I like the smaller rings. I want these guys to fight. I, one of my big hang-ups is when a fighter runs and backpedal and is nailing little mosquito jabs and they get the nod. You know, right. uh, now you could, you could say, well, you know, aggression isn't going to win a fight. You have to land punches. If a guy's running, backpedaling all night and he's occasionally sticking his jab in your face and then wins a decision, you know, technically he landed more punches, but it's not a fan-friendly fight. I mean, I, I'm all about the fan-friendly fights because I think it's good for the sport. Bad for the fighters, good for the sport. Uh, Absolutely. He says, he says uh, um, I would like to see a rematch with Hurd and Lara. The IBF will probably order Hurd against Julian Williams first. No, thank you. I don't want a trilogy between DeGal and Truax, please. <laughs> Lastly, Robert Bird has been off the mark uh, quite a bit over the last few years. His wife, Adelie Bird, had another bad scorecard 
uh, in the Mora versus Angulo fight. Yeah, it's time for the birds to fly away, I think, yeah. Sal, um, because uh, both of them are, have been struggling. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. No, I, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm no I'm no bird fan. Definitely. You don't like birds? You, you, no, I like birds, the ones that fly. Oh, 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 oh okay. Uh, but, but no, no I'm not, not, I'm not those not birds? Of the, uh, the judging bad birds, and who am I to judge a bird, but, you know. It's one of my favorite movies, The Birds. Judge a bird? No, The, <laughs> the birds. birds. The Birds. Yeah. <laughs> um, bird, bird, bird. Bird, bird is a word. No, that's bird, different. Bird. different. Um, Triple G's fight. Yes, uh, we yes. got uh, we got some issues there. Uh, apparently, it was moved. It's out of the um, new, you know, out of the big venue that it was, uh, and now uh, it was reported yesterday that the uh, um, next fight uh, for him will be uh, on Cinco de Mayo. Uh, will not be in Vegas. It's actually going to be at the StubHub Center in Carson, California. Uh, they were looking to move it to the MGM uh, Grand in, in Vegas. It was originally uh, scheduled to fight when he was going to fight Canelo at the T-Mobile Arena. Uh, but uh, apparently uh, uh, they need to move it. Um, Gary Spike O'Sullivan was supposed to be the guy that uh, was going to fight him. Uh, everybody thought that he was the guy because he was already in training and ready to fight on May 4th. Yeah. But that hasn't been approved yet. Uh, Sergey Deverinchenko uh, has also been mentioned, which, you know, he's 12-0 and 0 with 10 knockouts. Um, the guy from Mexico, uh, Jamie uh, Mugaya, he was 28-0 with 24 knockouts. Nevada State Athletic Commission denied him. They denied a pro. They they right. approved the pro debut Conor McGregor to fight forty nine yeah. and old Floyd Mayweather, yeah. but they denied Jamie Mugaya uh, twenty eight and zero with twenty four knockouts. So you know who the hell knows what's that? And uh, Billy Joe Saunders, uh, his name was mentioned, but we all know that that's not going to take place because they wanted Triple G to move the date back. And then Demetrius Andrade, who's been challenging Triple G, but no word out of that. Um, rumor has it that uh, Vanis Martiroshian, uh may be the guy that steps in the ring against Triple G. Martiroshian is 36 wins, three losses, and a draw. You know what, Sal? I, I got to ask. ask. I know Triple G wanted, you know, he's been working hard. He's trained. He's ready to go uh, or going to be ready to go May 5th. Um, why is he so hell-bent on keeping this date? I, you know, if I were him, I would have stretched it out another month alter the training a little bit, and go after Billy Joe Saunders. I mean, it doesn't make sense. You're talking about uh, several weeks to be, to put it off. Now they're, they're already moving the venue, so it's not like it's at the same place. You know, the the opponent, no matter who they bring in, if they brought in Dever and Chanko, I, I, would be, I would be pissed. 12 fight fighter fighting against Triple G. Um, you know, Gary Spike O'Sullivan... I wasn't happy about it, but at least he, he people know who he is, and and he's a come at you guy. It would have been an exciting fight, but then the the I I, I don't even know anything to be honest with you about Jamie uh, Mugaya. But but the truth of the matter is, is why would the uh, commission not approve him? You know, I I would accept Demetrius Andre, but w w should this guy just forget about the 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 May fifth date? I mean, what's your thoughts? Well, I. 
I originally thought it would would have been good to continue and go for May 5th at the venue with a, another fighter that uh, could easily take the place. But here we are less than a month away, and it's not here. Guess what, boys and girls? He should scrap this fight date and uh, reconnect. And as I said, maybe uh, what you were suggesting, Billy Joe Saunders a month later or somebody else or – you know, but I, I, I don't think this has the momentum now. And you know what? Even if he looks spectacular right now, the buzz, uh, I, you know, it, it's it's not like he's fighting Canelo Alvarez. We're not all anticipating and drooling over to see what's going to happen. And there's not really a name that, that could be promoted that I feel that excited about seeing in the ring with Triple G right now um, other than Canelo Alvarez or maybe uh, – uh, Jacobs or somebody else, uh, you know, but the bottom line is it's not going to happen for May 5th. So but guess what? They changed the venue as well. Get out of here. Let's let's scrap the fight. Let's renegotiate. Let's see that we could build something else. Postpones a fight for a month later. Take a week off. Enjoy. And then uh, let's let's start filing and sharpen up after that. Yeah, it's uh... yeah, no, that's where it came to. I was all for it, keeping the fight date. Uh, but, you know, here we are. Uh, less than a month out, and they still have if ands and buts, and they change the venue. No, there's no need to keep the fight. Let, let it go. Uh, put the blame on Canelo Alvarez on his end, and uh, and let's see what happens. Right. I um, I think that uh, I you know they're trying to make it. The HBO wants to keep it as a pay per view. That's the other thing. I'm not going to buy it. Well, well, you're going to have to. But, uh, but, oh, yeah, but I will. But the I truth will. of the matter is, is uh, uh, Vanis Monterosian is against Triple G. That's certainly not a pay-per-view. No, it's um, an HBO. The only, the only, I don't even know if that's, well, Triple G's HBO fighter, but um, the only fight that's worth a pay-per-view is Billy Joe Saunders. And, and I, I probably, you could make the argument that Demetrius Andrade only because he's bringing something else to the table. You know, he is bringing uh, some hand speed and, and some uh, boxing ability and stuff. Um, is Quite honestly, I'm not sure why they haven't tried to make it with the exception of, uh, you know, his both promoters, Artie Puello and, and my man uh, Joe DeGuardia, are probably uh, outpricing him. Uh, and, and these are typical... Oh, they won't fight us. They're ducking us, you know, and they leave out the the part where, uh, you know, they're asking for outrageous money. But uh, Francisco Vargas, El Bandito, is uh, coming back. He's fighting Thursday. Um, So we'll uh, talk a little bit about that on Thursday uh, show. We'll we'll give you uh, our thoughts on that. Speaking of uh, programming, we will be off um, this Friday and, uh, and Monday. Or... Maybe it's just Monday. I, I got to double check. Forget I even said that. Forget I even said that. Um, ESPN Plus. Uh, it was announced yesterday and, and this basically explained. Um, ES, ESPN Plus are, are uh, uh, adding, according, top rank signed a deal. They're adding 12 exclusive uh, top rank cards to their uh, lineup, which is starting June 9th when they broadcast Terrence Crawford uh, fighting Jeff Horn. Um, They're also going to stream, this is a streaming service, uh, another uh, bunch of uh, ESPN cards. So you got to subscribe to this, um, including 
April 21st, which would obviously be uh, before, uh, they're also going to have the uh, Amir Khan-Phil LaGreco fight coming at you from England. Um, What this agreement uh, does is uh, it formed an alliance between Top Rank and ESPN to allow all of Top Rank's content, including their stuff, their library uh, of fights, their, um, uh, you know, uh, fights, the fights that are uh, preliminary, you know, the preliminary bouts on the major cards, you know, uh, all of those will be available. In addition, um, they're going to have a uh, uh, a studio that's going to cover uh, the latest news and results and storylines, uh, uh, on-demand uh, treasure chest of the greatest fights, which I was mentioning early, the ESPN's Big Fights Library, that was the one that has uh, replays of fights like Ali Frazier, 1, 2, and 3. Ali Foreman Leonard against Duran, 1, 2, and 3. Hagler Hearns, Mayweather Pacquiao. Mayweather Pacquiao, who the hell wants to watch that again? Don't make us watch that again. Um, you know, all of uh, the undercard fights from uh, Top Ranks cards, re-airing of Top Ranks cards, uh, the weigh-ins, news, all of this stuff. Wow. Um, the problem I have with this, is it forces you to subscribe to a streaming service that you may or may not have on your TV. I think that this is uh, gearing towards a young, younger generation, and I think it's also positioning ESPN to be ready for the near future because uh, you know cable television and, and satellite television are all kind of being kicked to the curb. You know, streaming television's taken over, because it's really the same thing. It's just been remarketed and sold differently. What people don't understand is cable networks, satellite TV, and streaming are basically all coming from the same sources. Uh, satellite uh, to to your provider, you know, your your content providers, which you know people look at internet or whatever. It's all coming over the same stuff. When we do live broadcast, people, uh, some of the old time people want. Oh well, we want to. We want a truck. We want a satellite truck, you know, and, and you're like, well, you know, we could give it to you through the Internet feed. You know, oh, no, no, we don't want Internet. But it's the same. It's the same thing as you're getting from the satellite truck. You know, you're pulling it in as long as you can uh, negotiate the speeds, as long as you can get the speeds that you want. It's the same thing. So I, I see a plus and a negative here for this. Sal, what's your thoughts? I think it's it's bold. I think it's a, a big thing, and I think uh, they're trying to be uh, innovative and and trying to get ahead of the curve and on the cutting edge. And I tend to agree that I think that that's where this is all going to. And uh, again, you, you explained it very clearly. This is this is all it is in a nutshell. Uh, it's not to be complicated. It's good leverage for ESPN's part, and I think that uh, it's going to pay some dividends to have it access. You know. Is buying it and paying for it, you know, it's going to be, you know, hopefully, you know, you, you're going to be able to be open to get a lot more uh, of the fights and, and information and the old fights that you want to research and look and have, you know, in front of you at your disposal. I just don't like, you know, like an exclusive, an exclusive uh, fight deal for a fight that many people, many boxing fans would want to watch with the Terrence Crawford. Uh, against Jeff Horn fight and, and now you got to subscribe to another ESPN to get it um, 
which I, I think is, uh, you know, uh, just another way that boxing fleeces its fans. Uh, and it's a shame, you know. I, I mean, does this type of network or channel, however you want to look at it, is it good for the sport? Definitely good. I Don't get me wrong. I, I, I love it. It's just that you should have an option when it comes to a big fight. You should have the option on all platforms. If you want to watch it on TV through cable or, or satellite dish, you pay X amount of money. Maybe they offer this on, on a streaming for less money, you know, and, and build up that streaming audience that way. A lot of um, networks, what they do is they'll offer it to you on streaming, but they charge the same price, you know, which, uh, you know, I guess there's reasons they want to do it. They don't want everybody to go to the cheaper. But then again, if you're trying to build a different source of how to watch the fights, then maybe you should offer a different price. I mean, I don't know, man. I, I'm glad that that we're getting access to the uh, big fights uh uh, library because there's some and I'm hoping that they you know the fights that they all mentioned were more modern from the 80s but the big fights library uh, big fights incorporated their library has so many other fights that I would love to be able to see some old fights you know from from the way back when 20s and 30s and stuff like that I mean that's the kind of fights I would love to see today's fan have in their face and see what they think. Now, with that said, you know, when you watch some of these old fights sometimes, I don't know if you're getting a true representation of the quality of the fighters because of the lack of quality of the film. You know what I mean, Sal? Right. Uh, I know. I know exactly what you mean. And uh, it's it's uh, it's hard to see. I mean, you and I have watched some old fights uh, that we've done are revisited, and we see what the quality is of, of some of those. And thank God, you know, this is going to be a lot better, I would think, because it was filmed, uh, you know, in, in more contemporary decades than what we were used to. You know, I remember somebody telling me one time I, I was talking about Jack Johnson uh, on yeah. my show, and uh, you know, he's one of my uh, favorite all-time fighters, and. Uh, you know, I, somebody went back and, and punched up some of his fights and, and had sent me an email the, the following day and was like, hey, Billy C., you know, I don't, I don't know what you think is so great about Jack Johnson. He was slow. He was this. He was that. He didn't do anything. And I'm going, first of all, the guy fought in 1910. They were cranking the film. You know, they were, you know, they, you know, they were cranking. They had one, they had one, one, film, one, one camera. You know, they had to film it outside. Uh, I mean, the distortion and all that. I mean, the quality of the film it wasn't you couldn't really get a true representation of how great Jack Johnson was. This is where and this is where my argument is uh, with a lot of young fans. This is where you have to go back and read what they say about it and read multiple articles. You know, um, there was several uh, uh, books put out uh, that. Um, uh, wasn't uh, wasn't that great? I'm trying to think of the author's name. Uh, he put out a whole bunch of uh, books uh, uh, on on the heavyweight lineage, and uh, Adam uh, was it? Uh, uh, anyway, um, his books weren't captivating the way they were written, but they were filled with all of these reports, different uh, you know reports on the same fight. So you would listen to. Um, read uh, the uh, a ring account of a fight by reporter A, then reporter B, his version, reporter C, and he would have all these uh, uh, different uh, accounts. 
And at the end of the day, you know, you're reading this stuff and they're all basically saying the same thing, how great this fighter was. Well, you have to assume that he was a great fighter. A lot of young people today will only judge for themselves. So they go and they find a video on YouTube or whatever, not taking in consideration that anything prior to 1980, really. I mean, yeah, we had a lot of film in the 60s and 70s, but the quality didn't really happen until the 80s, 1980. So from 1980 beyond uh, up to today, you can go and watch a good quality video. Um, but prior to that, it's shaky at best. I mean, Sal, we were doing some of our revisited episodes with stuff from the late 60s and early 70s, and some of those uh, videos were terrible. Oh, yeah. Some of those videos were blotchy, uh, stuttering, and uh, uh, looked like they were having a hard time struggling to get through. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely clear uh, to see that, uh, you know, before the 80s, uh, you know, there were subpar videos that uh, we've been able to preserve uh, so uh, but definitely 80s and after uh, is a lot better quality um, okay boys and girls make sure you uh, uh, are here tomorrow uh, we're scheduled to have uh, of course uh, Boxing Hall of Fame Larry Hazard join us I want to get his thoughts on some of the cards and uh, we had an email earlier uh, yesterday I believe that was pointing out the swing and I actually saved it to discuss with Larry uh, plus, this week's Blast from the Past is going to feature former uh, three-division world champion Wilfred Benitez, uh, Ooh, a great yeah. fighter that's not doing too great today. No, uh, so uh, we'll be talking about him tomorrow uh, with Alex Perpali. Um, and uh, it's time now for the trivia question. Now, you know, I have a lot of knowledgeable people um, but, uh, uh, that watch this show, but we're, we're definitely stumping them. Uh, with our trivia question. And uh, today we're going to uh, uh, give the uh, trivia question again, and I'm going to give a hint. I got a, a, a slew of uh, uh, more answers yesterday, but none of them were correct. The, the question is, name the boxer who fought the most fights from the start of his career before being defeated by stoppage. Fought the most fights from the start of his career before being defeated by stoppage. And that doesn't mean it was his first loss. It means that, um, you know, his first stoppage loss. Uh, you have to email me the correct answer, Billy at Talkin' Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com. We go by the timestamp, so the first person that gets it correctly will win their very own copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game, the same game that Alex uses for the uh, fight simulations on our Blast from the Past. Um, but uh, yesterday... I gave a hint. So the question reads, uh, name the boxer who fought the most fights from the start of his career before being defeated by stoppage. And I, well, first I said, wasn't Julio Cesar Chavez, wasn't Jimmy Wilde, uh, wasn't Sam Langford. Uh, let's see, who, what other uh, names did I get? Um, uh, who else did I get? Uh, the Will-O-Wisp, Willie uh, Pep, wasn't him. Um, I got a bunch of names. No, obviously, I didn't get any right. So then yesterday, I gave a hint. And I said, well, this guy was never a world champion. That's a big hint. Never a world champion, which I thought was a big hint. Opens um, up a whole gate. Well, we still don't have a winner. So today, I'm going to give you another hint. So I'm going to read the question one more time. And I'm going to give you both hints. Then I'm going to stop. So remember, 
If you're the first one to email me the correct answer, the email address is Billy at Talkin Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. You're the first one to get this answer right. You're going to win a copy of the Title Bout Championship computer game. We got to get somebody to win this because I got other questions and lots of other prizes to start giving away, man. <laughs> um, here's the question with the two hands. Name the boxer who fought the most fights from the start of his career before being defeated by stoppage. The first hint was he was never a world champion. Here's the second hint. He did fight for the world title once. Okay, so he never was a world champion, but he did fight for the world title. If you're the first one to email me the correct answer, Billy at Talkin' Boxing, T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G.com, you'll win the prize. One last thing I want to shout out to uh, all of our uh, fans in the U.K. We want to so bad come there and do our show for a week. So uh, anybody that uh, can hook us up with the, uh, uh, a sponsor to do that or somebody in England that will have us, um, let me know. Let's make it happen. Go create a FundMe account or something. Just make it happen. You guys keep telling me you want us over there. Well, get us over there. You know, uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, you know, I'm so broke I can't pay attention, so I can't, you know, foot the bill. And, you know, Sal's too busy making pizzas, so we need someone else to uh, help us out. So uh, uh, if you can do it, do it. Who knows? We may never leave. We may stay over there. You know, but uh, anyway, because I love the women over there, by the way. Oh, did I say that? Oh, anyway. On this day, April 10th in boxing history, uh, before I get uh, started, I, I just want to mention this. Uh, a very close friend of mine uh, who is no longer with us was born on this day. Uh, my man, uh, Billy Costello. He was uh, the other Billy C. And uh, Billy Costello and I were uh, very close, and uh, he had been on this show many times, and uh uh, wherever he may be, I want to wish him a happy birthday today. Uh, but uh, on this day, April 10th in 1992, uh, Anako Boy Haraka knocks out Edwin Rosario in the first round to win the WBA World Junior Welterweight title. It took place in Mexico. Uh, on this day in 1965, Ismael Laguna wins a 15-round decision over Carlos Ortiz to win the world lightweight title that took place in Panama City. On this day in 1999, uh, Julian Lorsi uh, knocks out uh, Jean-Baptiste Mendy in the sixth round to win the WBA world lightweight title that took place in Paris, France. On this day in 2004, uh, Levika Sim knocks out Miguel Callas to win the vacant WBA world lightweight title that took place in Vegas. On this day, also in 2004, uh, In Jin Chai knocks out Michael Brody in the seventh round. Michael Brody didn't he didn't he buy the uh, Brooklyn Bridge? I don't know. Uh, knocked out Michael Brody in the seventh round to win the vacant WBC World Featherweight title, and that took place in Massachusetts. And on this day, April 10th in 1918, a future blast from the past, by the way, Memphis Pal Moore wins a 15-round decision over Johnny Ertl to win the World Bantamweight title, and that took place in Baltimore on this day in 1918. Hey, man, that concludes our show for today. Make sure you tune in tomorrow morning, 
same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby. Da na 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 na